This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Welcome back to Kelly and Company. It's a Monday afternoon, and we have a, a couple more great things coming your way. Some conversations that we all must pay very close attention to. Want to let you know that on AMI Audio, everything repeats every eight hours. So we have that rotation going on, which means the next repeat of Kelly and Company, if you want to check it out, is at 10 p.m. Eastern Time tonight and then 6 a.m. Eastern after that. Two more repeats of Kelly and Company, and that pertains to all our shows on AMI Audio, eight hour rotations. I'm Ramia Amudin here with Margaret Weldon, and on Mondays we have these very significant conversations about our rights with Danielle McLaughlin. We call it Know Your Rights. And Danielle, as we have you here, we uh, want to talk about the U.S. elections. For anyone who was watching uh, last week, it was quite a surprise to find that a measure to abolish slavery was in the ballot for uh, in four states. So we must ask you, Danielle, hasn't slavery been illegal for a very long time now, or are we missing something very big here? You know, I have to say, when I first saw that it was on the ballot in these four states, actually it was five, one of them just messed up, I thought, wait a minute, (laughs) you know? In in 1777, that's 1777, Vermont became the first state uh, in the Union where the issue was on a ballot, and they successfully abolished slavery. Uh, A little later than that, um, there was an amendment to the U.S. Constitution, Amendment 13, which, which abolished slavery except for punishment. Now, in Canada, we have only had an act, and now, you know, in in the olden days, as they like to say, um, our uh, law against slavery was actually passed by the British Parliament, and that was in 1793, so slightly after Vermont. Um, But in Canada, it was, it became illegal in 1793 to import slaves. So, um, in other words, it didn't actually make slavery itself, uh, it didn't actually abolish slavery itself. So that act in 1793 didn't free anybody. It just said from then on, you could not uh, import slaves, and it freed the children of uh, people who were already enslaved when they reached the age of 25. So, I mean... You start scratching your head and you're thinking, wait a minute, my watch says it's 2022. Uh, What's going on here? Well, what happened was uh, that these states in the United States realized that slavery was really um, still happening in the prison industrial complex. So, you know, there, there was a time when slaves had to be freed in the United States. And you may have noticed that um, if you if you look at prison populations, both here and in the United States, they are racialized and indigenous people way out of proportion to their presence mm-hmm. 
in the community altogether. So what happened was people would be arrested uh, after slavery became illegal in the United States on extremely trivial grounds, and then they would be sent to forced labor. So yes, they could, you know, they weren't uh, slaves of a particular slave owner. They were slaves owned by the state. Um, and that was a way of maintaining slavery. And in fact, the United States has continued to use forced labor in the prisons. Um, and it's really uh, a great deal. If you think about it, you know, if you if you could produce or manufacture something and not pay the workforce, you know, imagine what a benefit you, uh, an, a, a, you would derive from that particular uh, way of doing business. Well, these four states said, no, you can't do that. That should be against the law. Um, Lots of people thought it was already against the law. And some of them have got around this whole issue saying, well, we don't exactly force people to do labor. It's an exchange. So, you know, if you... uh, yeah. If you do the labor that you are required to do as a condition of your punishment, um, we won't send you to solitary confinement. Or we will make sure that you are paid a few cents. And I'm, this is quite literally what people are being paid. Um, in Canada, you can make uh, something like, you know, $6 a day for working a, a you know, a full day. Uh, and and then the question again is, well, who benefits from this? And again, we have to look at who's incarcerated and then who benefits from the labor, which you can call forced or you can call something else. But it, you know, when, when you're, when you have two choices, one is to do something that, um, you know, the authorities tell you to do and the other is to be penalized. Um, away. That's not much of a choice. Right. So you can see that that these these states started looking around and saying, um, you know, we we do have basic human rights here. One of the issues, and I think we've discussed this before on Kelly and Company, is that people aren't always aware that even people serving time in prison have rights. You know, they 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 are subject to limitations on their rights as um, the as their sentences require. But for example, they cannot be subject to cruel and unusual punishment. Um, They cannot be starved. They have to be provided with the necessities of life. Well, if the only way you can get hold of soap or toothpaste or um, a warm enough coat is by working and making a, you know a few dollars a day, and then saving that up to buy those items, which, by the way, are more expensive when they're sold by the commissary in the prison than they would be at your corner store. Um, we've got a real issue happening here, and we have to ask ourselves what benefit is being derived, and who is deriving the benefit of this this kind of labor. It's a very difficult question, and again, it's a question about uh, racism um, as as it is practiced in, in you know in in prison. Some people have said, well, you know, we didn't really abolish slavery; we just hid it. 
you know, we, we made much. it less visible. On different ways yeah. to channel it, if you will. Yeah. That's right. And that's why and I'm so curious, these, Danielle. I mean, aside from these yeah. four states saying what they did, uh, do we in Canada utilize, like, th- this labor that you're talking about, forced labor in prison and all these other means, um, and especially the demographic, as you mentioned, uh, how many uh what kinds of people we see majority in prison, do you find that very similar to the United States? Well, we there are certainly many similarities. I don't think, mm-hmm. I think that th- there's an organization called CORCAN, which is Corrections Canada. And it's kind of the business end of, of, um, of things. So it is operated by government. In the United States, uh, industry can farm out production to prison labor so you know let's say that you have a uh, you know a business that makes widgets and minimum wage in your state is $15 an hour you know how much better would it be for your widget manufacturing manufacturing if you could just pay employees say two or three cents an hour you can see mm-hmm. that there's a, there's a real benefit there um, does it benefit the uh, I hesitate to call these people employees. The, the you know the incarcerated people. There's an argument about that. Some uh, people who have been incarcerated say the last thing they want to do is sit around and do nothing. It's extremely right. depressing, um, and it you know and you want to feel that if you have to be there, you should be able to use your time in a way that that has some benefit. So. Given an option, most incarcerated people, not all, but most incarcerated people would opt for either employment or education of some kind or some kind of program that would use their time in a positive or or productive way. Um, And in Canada, people are given an allowance, and the allowance is sort of allowance that many of us got in grade three, but it does help people with the necessities that they may or may not be provided by the prison system itself. For example, uh, telephone calls. Um, You know, if you have a cell phone, you can use WhatsApp or you can use Skype and you can make calls basically for free, Um, you know, so long as you you have that phone and and, and whatever you need to, to operate it. Well, they're still using pay phones in prisons. And so if you want to Mm -hmm. stay in touch with your family, uh, it's going to cost you something. Um, Or it will cost your family something because you can make a collect call and collect calls. I don't know if you, have you ever made a collect call, Ramia? No. (laughs) I don't know. How expensive do those get, Danielle? They're they're rather interesting to to make, yeah. (laughs) yeah, That's right. And, and, And these days they're quite you know, it's quite a rigmarole. But if you are incarcerated, that may be how you have to keep in touch with your lawyer or your family or, you know, people on on the outside and you need money to do it. So you might well want to, to, even though the the pay is outrageous, um, you know, you may need to do that because you don't have another option. So there, there are many questions to be asked. If as has happened in many states, you are uh, working for no money. Um, I think we call that slavery. Um, and that's pretty much what these so, four states and many more will will be setting. Uh, it, it, the, the difference between Canada and the United States in this regard 
in Canada, the criminal code is federal. So if it's a crime in Ontario, it's a crime in Saskatchewan. Um, that's not true in the United States. There, uh, the criminal right. codes are state by state. So if they abolish slavery in Vermont, they haven't abolished slavery in Florida. Um, you know, even though there is the, you know, the Amendment 13, which abolishes slavery, th- some of those states still retain the exception for punishment. Um, and this is this is something that, you know, I, I was very shocked to learn because I simply assumed that, you know, when they abolished slavery, they abolished slavery. But um, you have to ask a lot of questions about who's using it and where is it being used and who is being forced to perform um, slave labor in the United States. I don't think you could make the same argument that slave labor is being used in Canada. But when you look up um, the Canadian government's attitude towards forced labor um, you will see that it deals almost entirely with the manufacturer of of goods uh, overseas. So, you know, we have provisions which will prevent um, companies from hiring, uh, you know, or for, for having uh, their their widgets manufactured in countries that that employ slave labor, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, or or child labor. But you know. I can't answer the question as to how well is that observed. There are countries um, abroad which still um, maintain active slavery, uh, some in Africa, uh, you know, some in the East. Um, But, you know, we as Canadians like to think of ourselves as being very progressive and that we would never um, buy something that was, uh, you know, manufactured using slaves. I'm not so sure we aren't doing that. I I do know that yeah, our I government has so. at least spoken. It, it's spoken out a, against it. How well is that checked? Don't know. Um, but the thing well, about we, we always labor, learn so much, Danielle, after the fact, right? After it's been around for right. so long, it, it's similar that's to the right. conversation we're having right now. You know, it's going on forever, and yet, how aware are we um, until something major like this comes out? And you're you're backtracking and going, wait, but I thought dot dot dot. So, yeah. yes, going. You were going to say something about prison labor. Well, I was going to say that people don't always get to choose what kind of labor they 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 can do so you know the 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 statements made by by Corcan are that you know people will learn a skill prisoners will learn a skill they will become more employable when they leave prison and you know virtually everybody who is in prison leaves at some point so that you know that that it will benefit even though they're only making you know cents on the dollar um they they will derive a benefit in in the future but there are people who are saying um I've never been, say, interested in the textile industry. I, you know, I would be interested in an automotive manufacturer, but that's not available where I'm incarcerated. So, you know, I've been put to uh, removing the hoods off uh, winter coats, um, and that's not something that I can see being particularly useful in my future, but uh, that's the only thing I've been offered. And my other option is to... um, not be allowed any physical exercise and to stay in my cell all the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when people say, well, we've given people a choice, you know, when, when the authorities say people have been given a choice, 
you have to look closely at what is that choice. Is it a choice between a viable option, a, you know, a beneficial option, and something absolutely terrible? Um, so, you know, the, these are the kinds of questions that w- we should be asking. I know that um, prison advocates are asking these kinds of questions in Canada, uh, in, in the States as well. But when you see something as, to me anyway, shocking as the abolition of yes. slavery on, on a ballot in 2022, you have to start saying, well, let's look into this a little more carefully. What is going on? And you know, what can we do here if it's going on here? And what can um, the rest of the United States do to ensure that that slavery is actually abolished, that it is not mm-hmm. seen as a reasonable way of, of punishing somebody to the benefit of a corporation or to, or to the benefit of, of an employer who has found a nifty way of getting out of paying exactly. a living wage? Well, and, and you've said it right there. At the end of the day, it still feels like punishment to me, not not meaningful employment. Danielle, thank you so much, yeah. uh, so much to, to weigh and, and think about. Danielle McLaughlin on Know Your Rights, which you can catch Mondays on Kelly and Company today, talking about measures to end slavery in the U.S. and in Canada in 2022. After the break, let's find out what's coming up on Nawute Brown tomorrow. That's Tuesday, as well as tomorrow afternoon on Kelly and Company. We'll be back. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.